Blog Talk Radio.
Hmm. Okay, guys. So bear with me here. Um, this uh, Blog Talk Network has more than once let me down on um, trying to get people on through Skype. It seems like uh, they don't make it easy. And I would have to say that uh, the Blog Talk Network really needs to work on their uh, end of getting things a little easier on this. And also, at the same time, they don't allow themselves to uh, be gotten a hold of. Just like a lot of the institutions in society, whenever you try to get a hold of somebody, they're, they're, there's either a long wait or they're not in or, you know, you know how that frustration goes. So bear with me here just a little bit. Um, trying to get guests on can be a, a bit tricky with this network. Uh, maybe we'll just give it a, a little bit longer here and I'll, and I'll uh, try to get on these guys here. But today, the topic is Hollywood, the social engineers. And uh, if it doesn't work out today, we'll, we'll do an, another sh show soon. Hopefully, this uh, thing will kind of do what it needs to do. But yeah, uh, my guest today is Freeman Fly and Jamie Hanshaw of The Free Zone. And they're excellent uh, in their look at the world and the craziness that we experience every day uh just through the media through through many many fronts and many realms and i'm i'm happy to have them on i have spoken with our guests it's just a matter of getting on the skype but yep um upcoming episodes i'm a, i'll be getting a quite a few different variety of eclectic different episodes coming on soon on this show so um anyway That'll that'll be happening uh, shortly. I'm going to get a, quite a few different uh, types of subject matters just kind of thrown at you, and it's it's kind of fun that way. I think it's uh, a little more fun than the, than the format I've been doing lately with the the uh, constant series of shows. It's it's good, but I, I um, anyway. Okay, so I got I got a uh, message here. One moment, guys. Let me guess, I'll bet your parents paid your way through college You descended from some yuppies Never really faced with all the problems in the world That really make a person humble So you think you know what's going on But never even struggle You're in your little bubble You think your liberal is the problem While the people at the bottom Don't give a shit about your motives They live scared in other countries all right, I believe I do have my guests on here, and uh, we got Freeman on the other side. Didn't be us. Okay. All right. Sorry about that. So you guys didn't get to get on Skype. I take it. I I don't know what's going on with this uh, network. It's really frustrating me too. But uh, welcome to Channel Down Radio, you guys. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, today um, we're just going to kind of accurately try to understand um, the life of, well, the entertainers and performers out there and um, underline the fact that this entire medium of entertainment, news and information is, you know, completely controlled, conveniently placed in the living room. And, and uh, this is um, also to uh, underline that the truth is never and will never come from that device because it's their device and everything on it is 
weaponize. And this is, to me and to many, the greatest mind control the Earth has ever been under. And so I brought on some experts on the show, uh, you know, Freeman Fly and Jamie Hanshaw. Freeman is an internationally known award-winning TV producer, filmmaker, radio show host, and lecturer. Freeman is considered an expert in the fields of the occult, trauma-based mind control, Illuminati symbolism, ancient civilization. Jamie Hanshaw is the author of Weird Stuff magazine and co-host of the Free Zone radio show on every Saturday. Uh, both cover Hollywood connection to the cult better than you know anyone out there, and, and all-around good grassroots awakened minds. And I'm very honored to have you guys on my show, so welcome officially to Channel Down Radio. Awesome. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I apologize about the Skype thing. It's uh, <laughs> it's one of the frustrating things. But you know how technology goes. Technology never works for me myself. I guess I'm on a different frequency. I have I have never had a show go right. I mean, from the moment I started in 2004 on Austin Access Television, I have never ever had a show go right. <laughs> All right, that makes yeah, you feel I mean, a little Everything bit works in pre-production. You're sitting there, you roll the intro, everything goes. The second you go live, boom, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> that is the great thing sure. about Austin Access was I would just invite my friends. You know, you go down there, you pay them your money, and then you're a producer, and you can produce whatever you want as long I mean, pretty much anything you wanted. People had sex shows, you know, live sex shows or whatever. Uh, but... Uh, you were just given this studio all to yourself, and I would invite my friends that were interested in stuff and, and have them just come in and push the button. And, you know, they, they didn't know until the day they got there what to do. But, yeah, it's was, it was, it was quite a ride we've been on here, working our way up from, like, access television to podcasting. It's been an amazing ride to watch and to see how this all has blossomed. Yeah, you've had to learn all these these devices that you had probably no idea about, and trying to trying to just put it together without any instruction manual. Absolutely. I mean, you know, the help was no help. Uh, they they knew less than you did. They were all volunteers too, and yeah, it was it was just like trial and error live on television. Yeah. <laughs> so if yep. you go back and you watch some of those old Freeman perspectives, you know, go to go to freemantv.com and check out the. Uh, the Freeman perspective, the very first shows that I did back in 2004, which really established the concept of Illuminati corporate logos. You know, I, I created that idea. And uh, then also the high-profile rituals of celebrities. That was another one of mine. And you can watch these on Access Television. Uh, you know, I have them all on YouTube now. And you can see I have no scripts. I just stick myself in front of that camera, but I have 20 years of research and I just laid everything I knew down in like the first five episodes. I really didn't think I was going to have a career at this. I didn't know how I would do season two uh, or anything, but it has been continuing now until 2015. You know, that's 11 years. I mean, 10 years on FreemanTV.com. Yeah, well, I can tell you that it was a success. Um, I myself helped wake people up with corporate logos um, because they're all in our face, and you can see them, uh, whether it be going to uh, a movie. Like, I just went and saw the new James Bond movie, and 
first opening thing, you go to the left eye of the MGM lion, and then you go into the torch of uh, Columbia Pictures, and then you see moments later James Bond walk by some some kind of symbolism, uh, you know, on a building, and it's just like once you get this in people's heads, how can you not see it? And so I like I, I have to say it, it's been a success. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 become such common knowledge now that people don't even think that there was an origin point. Uh, you know, uh, you look at things like I was just watching Heroes Reborn. Now, Heroes was one of those shows that I was outing back in the early days of of trauma based mind control study and showing people, look, this is it right here. Um, and now Heroes Reborn has come out, and they opened that show with a monarch butterfly landing on a bitten apple. <laughs> hey, come on. You know, that's the first scene. Yeah. It's amazing. And, Once yeah, you start to see that vision. Yeah. Yeah, once you start to see with that vision, it just it's everywhere and, and it's and it's and it's amazing that you never saw it before. But I, I have to say that that is uh you know, that's the crazy world we live in. And and uh well, that's that's the beauty of databasing all of this stuff on the internet. Like I say, I have 10 years of, of archives. So when I was talking about a lot of the topics in Hollywood, they were so benign back then. You can watch, I mean, what I was talking about back with Anna Nicole, Brittany and mind control uh, is so tame compared to what people are looking at today. And they're looking at my old work going, well, this is just hokey, you know, but you get to watch this concept fulfill itself uh, you know you get the origin point you get to see where the the change happens right right so yeah i mean this this is such a bizarre world that um is really behind the scenes i mean you know when you're a kid you grow up watching these actors and movies or entertainers and 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 you like their performances and you almost feel like you know, maybe they're they're your, they're your friend, and you feel like you can relate to them, and their performances touch you in some, you know, personal way. Where you know, news is boring, depressing, scary, and of course, lies. But uh, pop culture is is wild and fun, and and it's where people get hooked the most. But you know, behind the scenes, it, it's this entirely different world than glamour and glitz. It's bizarre. I would say disgusting evil, scary, um, you know, what, what is that, that hidden life of these entertainers all about? That is the big question, isn't it? As we're looking at things like Eyes Wide Shut and we're trying to figure out, we're seeing star whackers, we're watching uh, critical meltdown, we're seeing uh, multiple personalities in almost every major celebrity. Jamie has a list of the top ten signs of monarch mind control and she can pick any 10 celebrities and, and have them bank out on almost every uh, aspect of that. So it's, it's this hidden puzzle of wizardry or sorcery that is now coming straight to the surface. It's now the topic of the plot. You know, they, they openly mention things like MK Ultra on stuff like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Now, as you start to look at this puzzle and you see things like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or Jessica Jones or any of the Marvel ABC productions that are ultimate 
mind control uh, psychological warfare, uh, you you need to know that the origin of ABC and Marvel now is Walt Disney Co. Yep. And when when you start to put that focus on, when you start to realize where this is all coming from, it really funnels back to Walt Disney Co. over and over and over again. They even own ESPN, you know, or pay-per-view. They're, they're one of the largest purveyors of porn. And yet, yeah, right. And yeah. so, you know, trying to tell people Walt Disney is the most evil corporation on the planet is a difficult task. Yeah, because they just think about all the characters like Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck and they don't think about the bigger picture there. Um, don't they own New Line Cinema or what? That one was, and of course, ABC Family. That's just uh, got a whole bunch of crazy stuff on there. Yeah, and you can see where they are bringing about the modern family. I mean, this is the name of one of their shows, and uh, they're they're changing the core beliefs. Everything is is quite a bit more perverse and quite a bit more dark, and. You know, you think you're watching a child episode television of Marvel Comics, and yet, I mean, not to offend anyone, but there are agendas for global campaigns of uh, population control. And so when you start talking about homosexuality being promoted as a a weapon, as a propaganda tool in order to disrupt the, the family core, course you upset a lot of people that were hashtagging love one back on you know when they made the white house rainbow but this is something that you can witness and but people think it's progress right they they want to think all right we're we're moving in but this is actually weaponization of culture and one of the things that always stands out in my mind was way back in the day with my mother and she would be watching bewitched and or I Dream a Genie. And my mom took on the facial characteristics of Samantha Bewitched. And she would talk to me with her in her. She was possessed by this television character. She didn't notice. She didn't know. She wasn't doing it intentionally. But that's what happens to each and every one of them. And so as right. the story gets more perverse, more dark, more trauma, then we all take that on. And it's 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 an amazing time to to witness this type of mind control. Amazing. What what do you think the hypersexual agenda is all about? Because I mean, when I was growing up, uh, like Two Live Crew, I remember you know that was bad, you know. But it was hard to find. You you had to get that special tape that someone recorded or, or something. But now it's just about as bad as that on the radio that kids are listening to and and repeating the lyrics. I mean, I heard some kids singing, oh, you know, the the, the exact lyrics of a song that were first graders, and, and they don't even know what it's about, but it's all sexual. It's like, it's extreme sexuality. I've, I, like I've never seen, like anyone's ever seen on the media. What What is this? Uh, what are they trying to do there in game, do you think? Well, this all has to do with, <clears throat> um, excuse me, sorry. <laughs> what the um, the lead sorcerers, I think, of the day, um, the Alistair Crowley and Salima and the religion of do it that will, I think, is the undercurrent of the entire 
entertainment industry, and if you listen to rock and roll music, you'll definitely um, be convinced that that's the message that they're putting out. But in the Aeon of Horus is supposed to be a, a sexual revolution, um, even to the point where children are to be witnessing all types of sexual um, activity before puberty so they can get used to uh, what it's going to be like in the future. Predictive programming. Yeah, yeah well, Crowley, Crowley laid this out back in the early 1900s. He had channeled the Book of the Law, which uh, was really an antichrist book. And this has become the foundation for what we're seeing in Hollywood. So if you're not aware of the Ordo Templi Orientis, the OTO, then you are not uh, studying the proper magic to understand what they're doing. And the study of the OTO is an amazing and very intriguing thing. So first of all, Crowley, you know, he is the, the prime master of this magical order, which is a sexual order, right? It's sex magic. It's related to Freemasonry, but outside of it. They actually said that this OTO uh, condenses the secret teachings of all these orders. So that's what they believe. Right. Into sex magic. By the most debased acts possible, the eating of feces, uh, you know, just horrible blood acts. The, the most horrible things you can think of are listed in there. Now, this goes high up, and it, it gets to the point where when Jamie was asked, well, what will we see in the Super Bowl ritual with Katy Perry? She said, well, if they're following the proper magical belief system, which we're certain they are, you'll see her come out on a large cat-like beast holding the reins with a fire chalice. Wow. And no one could have predicted this. Because that was the tarot card called Lust um, with the horror Babylon on it. And the, the Scarlet Woman is something that they're always trying to have these girls portray um, publicly. And L. Ron Hubbard of Scientology, which also controls Hollywood, and Jack Parsons of Jet Propulsion Laboratories, the creator of modern rocketry, would do massive rituals to Pan, their hidden god, uh, while launching nukes, right? Not rockets. No, rockets, yeah, and doing nuclear experiments. They were, they were doing uh, uh, moon child experiments with nuclear explosions underground. You know, these are the guys that are in charge. When you look at Jet Propulsion's laboratories, you know, these are the guys that founded NASA or, you know, expanded to, to NASA. And, and yet they, you know, you find out that they are doing these black magic rituals. It's open. It's not a hidden thing. If you want to know this, go read Sex and Rocket. You know, you've got the whole story. They're about to make a movie about Jack Parsons. So that's going to come out. And maybe as we go along, we can get to 007 Inspector and how that all relates to this transhumanist story. But to stick to this point, yeah. um, when you're looking at the OTO and Crowley, then you can pretty much know what you're going to see. Now, realize, David Bowie's a Crowleyite, Led Zeppelin, uh, Black Sabbath, uh, Tool. Uh, you know, the list goes on and on of how Crowley has, has affected the 21st century. And so in his writings, he stated that this would be the new sexual aeon and that, as Jamie was saying, all children would be shown all sorts of uh, perverse acts prior to puberty. And this is to fully disrupt the family core, which is the true yeah. power we have against any of these uh, mind control effects going on. 
And it's working. You see, I mean, I hardly know anybody who stays married. Um, I People can't even live together with each other anymore. It's It's gone into the home. And I mean, I myself was married and, you know, it, it not, hardly anybody's, it's like nobody's programmed to stay together anymore and create that family unit. It's not promoted through the TV screen. It's not promoted through any family show. Like you said, with ABC Family, look at that warped version of family. Yeah, a, a funny a funny story. Uh, I'm in a film with Dan Fogler, who most people don't know, but he's in a ton of movies. Uh, Dan Fogler was in that ping pong movie called Balls of Fury. That's usually the one people remember. Um, but we went to meet up with Dan Fogler to be in Don Peyote, and as we're talking to him, we, we started talking about how evil Disney is, and we talked about the death of the mother and how they always kill the mother. And he's like, well... I'm in a Disney film right now. And we're like, really? Uh, what is it? And he's like, well, <laughs> it's Mars Needs Mom. <laughs> it's, a, it's a story by Disney all about how if you're a really good child, Martians will come and take your mother, stick her in this apparatus, and suck her brain until she's dead to feed their robots minds so that they can nanny the Martians. And... Uh, the boys in this uh, story are thrown away into a rubbish pile on Mars, and the women are formed into a matriarchal militant order. Now, by the end of the movie, the Martians discover that they used to have a family core. They get that back to some ancient cave paintings, and they see a mother, a father, and a child together. And this is the moment when the Martians realize what had happened to them and that they shouldn't be killing these good moms from Earth and they, they retake the planet from the matriarchal military. Uh, now, Mars Needs Moms, most people have never heard of this Disney film because it was yanked from the theaters as quickly as it could be. Uh, be and we believe that it was because of this ending message was not what they meant to have put out into the public attention. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So, so um, when you guys were talking about just a little bit ago uh, the OTO and everything, um, when when uh, it brought to mind people selling their soul, you know, uh, when people say they've sold their soul, uh, you hear about musicians selling their soul, uh, or or you know some kind of um, for success or fame. But to who who are they actually selling their soul? I mean, is it Satan? Or, I mean, it seems like to me, I've I've researched Satanism enough that there is obviously more than one type, and there there's the Levee Satanists, and they don't even believe in Satan really. They're more like a do out for self kind of thing. And then I did find a strain of Satanism that believes they say it's uh, Enki, which is you know from the Sumerian tablets, but or is this like a Crowley Satan, or what is it that they're they're doing, if you know, with this soul selling? Well, it definitely gets back to Jamie's next prediction for what would happen. Uh, what was that award? Grammys. At the Grammys. Uh-huh. Yeah, you were on Clyde Lewis Ground Zero and asked, all right, you predicted the Super Bowl, what's going to happen at the Grammys? And, of course, the hidden god within the OTO is Pan. And so not only did Jamie predict that Madonna would do a pan ritual. I uh, said you would see a lot of horns yeah. at the Grammys, and the 
had was ACDC who <laughs> sang Highway to Hell and everyone put up their light up horns on. And then, of course, you had Madonna um, headlining as the Scarlet Woman with um, bull dancers dancing around here. So there you got horns again. Yeah, and it was a very much pan ritual. So, like, if you listen to Led Zeppelin and Stairway to Heaven and you know that if you play Stairway to Heaven backwards, it says something about worshiping Satan or whatever the words that I don't remember. But, you know, the the actual line that is played backwards in Stairway to Heaven is if there's a bustle in your hedgerow, don't be alarmed now. It's just a spring clean for the May Queen. Well, this is the Walsburgus Night uh, uh, ceremony to Pan where they would run out and have all the virgins uh, get sexualized, deflowered, deflowered by Pan. Because that is Pan's thing. He is the taker of innocence and the rapist in the forest, basically. Right. And this is where we get the name Robinson. Mm-hmm. Because well, another Disney, uh, as you get the Robinson family and such, but uh, those that were, were born due to the, the May Queen Pan ritual, they they were given the name Robinson. And I, I haven't investigated why that is, but uh, this is a core part of their hidden God. When you, If you want to know this stuff like we know it, if you want to look into it, then you need to check out the Typhonian Trilogy. Now, uh, what we're looking at is an outside body of the OTO, which is known as the Typhonian Order of the OTO. Typhon is the Lord of the Abyss, which would also relate to Enki and could be possible why they had said that that was a connection there. But uh, when you get to Typhon, the Lord of the Abyss, then a lot of the symbolism that I've identified all goes back to the Abyss and and the Beast of the Abyss. And uh, where was I going with Typhon? It relates to Lord of the Ring. And it, it Okay, so when you start to read the Typhonian Trilogy, which they just re-released, it's authored by an OTO member who took over after Crowley, known as Kenneth Grant. And they've just re-released the books. You can get them now. They're not that cheap, but they're cheaper than they were. Um, and you read through these, and you find out that the main purpose of all of their efforts is communication with extraterrestrial beings or interdimensional beings or demons, you know, but they speak specifically of extraterrestrials and interdimensional, and they utilize these rituals to make communication with these beings. And this is where it all ties into what we're seeing as far as high-profile rituals being performed on the public because of the ideas of possession. Like I was saying, my mom was possessed by uh, (laughs) Samantha from Bewitched, it's, it's very much the similar thing when these rituals are performed in these large events like the Super Bowl, the Grammys, or music awards. And it, it all goes back to this Lord of the Abyss and Typhon. And when you read this stuff, uh, like what what uh, what's one of the names? Crowley and the Hidden God. What's it called? Alistair Crowley. Yeah, that's when you discover Pan is the ultimate Lord of Darkness. Right. And you also find out that the X-Men logo, the O and the X together, is actually the mark of the beast, according to these Satanists. Now, they wow. do classify themselves as, sat- as Satanists. 
and the mark of the beast is the you know mark of uh, Russell Brand, you know, Brand X. It's the same logo, the X-Men, the X-Files. Uh, you, you'll start to see that symbol all over the place nowadays, and that is, for them, the mark of the beast. Wow. So these these stars and these entertainers, I mean, so if there's do do you think that they all are required to sell their soul or or go through rituals or do you think there's like a a choice that they have? You sit there through 30 hours of uh, they sold their souls for rock and roll, boy, and you, you're pretty much certain uh, that there's something going on. What were you going to say, David? Well, I think that there's levels of initiation that they have to go through to make it, um, you know, to the top rungs of someone like a Beyonce or a Katy Perry. You know, not everybody in the in the mix is going to have sold their souls, but they do have to if they want to be on top. Oh, we saw Pink do a Masonic ritual at the Music Awards, uh, things of that nature. Well, award shows are a whole different topic. I mean, if you read the rituals of a, of an Anton LaVey or something like that, and then you watch these award shows, they're doing pretty much the same thing that they would be mm-hmm. doing in a, a Black Magic ritual. Yeah. And then you have these people that um, run away or... Um, don't follow orders and you have like um you know people that like dave Chappelle talked about the others um there's a mtv host her name was tila tequila she talked about you know running away from and then you got randy quaid talking about the star whackers and people that that um you know, decided maybe not to follow orders, uh, and then you notice some of these people—they're not in the in the mainstream anymore. So, so basically, they're they're uh, running, and and that reminds me—I was going. You know how you get on the internet and you just kind of go from one thing to the next. I I was searching one day and I read or I saw the last days of Lisa Left Eye of the group TLC. Did you guys see that at all? Yes, I. That's in my new book. You you what? That's in my new book. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. I'll have. Yeah. By the way, I love I love Weird Stuff magazine. It's awesome. Uh, congratulate you on that. Amazing. Um, I've only got volume one, but I'll have to catch up. But yeah, this yeah, uh, this uh, documentary. You know, I didn't think I was gonna watch the whole thing, but I started watching it, and and I just kind of got hooked, and I I really wondered, you know. What is what is? Uh, it seemed like she was running. She was getting away, and I felt as though she was seeking clarity of mind. She's taking herbs, detoxing, and uh, you know, and and she, I realized that she was really mu- a much deeper person than most would have ever known. And and uh, I, I I felt like she wanted to get back to nature, and and it seemed like she was trying to escape from that from maybe the Star Whackers. I don't know. Well, there's definitely a lot of red flags in that documentary to um, lead you to think that she was part of this, you know, monarch mind control program, being that her father was in the military and she said that he ran the house in typical boot camp style. Um, She said her grandmother was a terrible nurturer in the vein of mommy dearest. Um, She actually comes out and talks about her multiple personalities um, one that comes out when she gets drunk, and then one that comes out to mediate between her and the other personality. So there you've got, you know, two 
major um, pieces of evidence, you know, that she could be connected to this. And then, of course, her name being left eye in the business uh, is another reference to Horace. Um, you know how they always cover up one eye. I mean, you can get thousands yeah. of pictures of celebrities covering up their eye, and so this is another um, esoteric. Um, well, the left hand mm-hmm. path is the dark path. That's true too. So, and yeah, in magic, that's the that's the dark side, the left side. Um, but then it was very um, interesting how she was having these premonitions about her death, and they actually the car she was in hit a little boy who had the same last name as her, and so she was like, the spirit is out to get me, and, you know, I can feel it coming, and uh, on the very same trip, that's when, you know, she died in a car accident, too. And, like, eight people survived the accident, and she was the only one to die. Right, and then if you watch yeah. the footage of her, like, la- like you can actually see her last moment. Um, She's dealing with a tarot deck, isn't she? She was trying to talk about her tarot deck, and then you see this car coming straight for her, and the car on the other side, and, you know, ran her off the road, and she was the only one that died in that crash. So that was a very um, a sad and kind of maybe a ritualistic killing, maybe. Yeah, definitely. And speaking of the left-hand path, did you guys know that um, the one half of Outcast group, Big Boy, he calls himself Sir Lesh, Lucius Left Foot? Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, that whole left eye thing. I mean, you see it all over the place. But, yeah, I just... I just uh, I kept watching that documentary though, and, and I, I just wanted to see it to the very end, and and I came up with everything you just talked about too. It came to mind. Plus, in her bedroom, she had like a, a was it eye of Horus above her head? Did you see that too? Yeah, she did. Yes, yeah. she did. Yeah. So, it's a crazy world out there. These people live in this this uh, this whole entertainment realm. It's not what many think it is, and and it's just. Uh, I I guess that you know they want to control every aspect of it, so they have to have these people on the same page. Is is that correct? Oh, definitely. And then if you don't go along with them, then you know they'll threaten your family. Or look at um, Jennifer Hudson when she started to become famous. That's when her whole family died. And you can go down the list and find out. You know, the the twenty million dollar club is what they call it. Is if you want to make it to these um, levels of success then people in your family are going to be sacrificed and if you don't go along it's going to get even worse yeah yeah and then sometimes i've i've seen you know the the thing is the internet's just full of so many videos and it can be a little overwhelming but i mean people on the internet today are pointing out you know everything from uh showing the left eye or holding up the devil horn or three sixes or whatever. And I see this too, but I always back away from things when people get, when things get a little bit popular or trendy, because um, I I see uh, everybody's trying to call Illuminati on everyone. And, you know, as you guys know, you've been looking at this information, you know, I'm sure probably longer than me even uh, that people like Jay-Z or Beyonce or, or uh, you know, any of these people we're talking about, they're not in the Illuminati. I mean, this is like a, uh, I would say at the core, you know, these people are uh, white supremacists and deep occult dynasties. So sometimes I feel like people sort of distort the information when they're pointing out people are in the Illuminati when they're not really in the Illuminati, if you know what I mean. 
Right. Well, they, they're in the bottom rungs. You know, they're tools of the Illuminati. They kind of find a contract and, you know, given themselves over to work for the, the people, but they're not at the very top of the pyramid. Definitely a Jay-Z or Beyonce is not pulling the strings in global um, affairs, but they are being used to um, control the masses and get the, the public to do what the Illuminati wants them to do. Well, let's be clear here because we do toss around this term Illuminati quite a bit. And, I mean, as far as I know, Jamie and I are the origin point of Illuminati symbolism, the concept. So, you know, as I've watched it morph throughout the the years, as I put out the original information on Illuminati corporate logos, which, of course, I called Freemasonic corporate logos, the Illuminati term came up much later. Realized that my stuff was out before Dan Brown, you know, before uh, Da Vinci Code and all of that stuff. And I was covering the same things, only far more in depth. Uh, so when I watch as things start to to switch over to what people think things mean, and, and, and then these terms like Illuminati start popping up, uh, it you know, to call them Illuminati is, is an ethereal term. It's something we use now as a common term, but it means nothing because it's obviously not the Bavarian Illuminati we're looking at here. But however, the OTO does take elements of Adam Weiss past Bavarian Illuminati plus Freemasonry plus um, sex magic and rolls it all together. So That's is... exactly what I was about to say. Oh, okay. Yeah, Uh so the OTO consider themselves a continuation of the Illuminati Brotherhood. Now, the Bavarian Illuminati that everybody knows of, of Adam Weishaupt, uh, that that was one branch, one arm, you know, just like one piece of a Freemasonic Lodge. You know, they're all over the world. So when you're looking at Illuminati, you're also talking about skull and bones. You're talking about scroll and key. You're talking about OTO. You're talking about, yeah. So we we started using this term. But what I find really amazing is things like, okay, so I pointed out to the public that the Monster Drink logo is 666 in Hebrew. And I've been talking about this for about eight years. No, I've been talking about it since W came into power. and uh, But, you know, the Monster Drink logo didn't exist yet. But So I, I showed the world how the Monster Drink logo looks like 666 if you wrote it in Hebrew. And no one cared. No one took that information. But then some crazy lady talks about it at some table at a conference and gets filmed on a phone. Now, remember, I've done three, four, five lectures on this topic, and it's never been viewed, right? This lady got millions and millions of hits. I saw uh, that. Showing that Monster Drink logo. Have you seen that? Yeah, I did see that. Okay, so that's my research being shown by some crazy, kooky Christian lady at a conference. But her views get millions and millions because the public shares what they hate. They share what they can ridicule. So no one's sharing my lecture, which, you know, shows you scientifically how this is all uh, formulated, all the grassroots of it and everything else. That doesn't get shared. But if it's somebody that you can laugh at, and you know, this, this part of the show that I'm doing right now is for the listening audience to realize that the haters have us so beat because the haters can share everything and make everybody laugh and scoff at anything and everything without the shame. 
And yet the truthers, those of us that are taking in all the data and, and, you know, listening to the free zone, listening to Ground Zero, listening to your show, are afraid to share it on their social networks because they don't want people to think they're cooks. So we've got this horrible problem right now where true intel is not being shared and ludicrous intel is going viral. Right. Desensitizing people to uh, the things like the symbols on Illuminati and it's like this big joke out there. I actually saw the, uh, what was this, uh, Weird Al video. You probably saw that with, uh, instead of, um, with foil. that song. Foil, yeah, <laughs> aluminum foil. Foil is awesome. And I, I, I just want to throw in that we Al. snuck on that Weird Al's tour. We snuck on Weird Al's tour bus and, and gave him copies of weird stuff. I just want to make that known. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, you know, I mean, I wonder what his, like, his agenda behind it is, because I've always laughed at Weird Al. He's a funny guy, but, like, I mean, is he is he trying to put out a message, or is he just trying to laugh at all those kooky people out there, you know? Well, like I say, this has become a popular topic, a popular meme. And conspiracy theory is now, you know, it's it's part of story life. Okay, so there was just a ABC family show called Stitcher that came out. And they're able to put this girl inside of dead people's heads and see their last memories. So sure. they want to find out what this conspiracy blogger knows. Now, first of all, let me mention that this is ABC Family. It says so right at the bottom of the uh, screen. And they're hooking up left and right. Very beginning of the show, these people are having sex. And, I mean, they're showing it, you know, ABC Family. And But so in this particular episode, which was called Stitcher in the Rye, and you, you can go to my episode on the mind control of Catcher in the Rye and how it is homosexual programming, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but Stitcher in the Rye, of course, Catcher in the Rye going to conspiracy theory with Mel Gibson when they first started making fun of us. And let me tell you how mad I was about, about conspiracy theory, the movie with Mel Gibson, was that they were giving you so much truth about this earthquake weaponry, but making it space-based. And I was already screaming about heart back then. And, and, you know, so this was something that really irritated me, that and then making me look crazy by putting Mel Gibson as a lunatic, right? But, of course, he was an MK Ultra victim, right? Um, but Stitcher and the Rye, the, the ABC family show, they kill this conspiracy blogger to find out what he knew. And they bring up all these concepts like 9-11 was a false flag. They mention chemtrails. They talk about uh, slow kill population control through GMOs. And all of this right on ABC family, it, it wow. blows my mind how it, it comes out like that. Yeah. I don't watch TV. I threw it away. I watch movies sometimes on a projector. But when I see the t television, I get blown away by what's on there. It, it actually freaks me out. It makes me feel like I've been, um, I've been jarred. My senses have been jarred, and I've been completely desensitized. And I hate the feeling. I can't even watch that thing anymore. But when I do, I'm just like, my mind is blown. I go, you guys like this stuff? And they do. They love it. I think the more you watch it, the more you people kind of just get in that alpha state and they just sort of veg out. Like, But, yeah, it's amazing yeah, what's first, on prime time. One of the first times I realized how desensitized I was was while watching Heroes. Now, this was at the same time I was writing Anna Nicole, Brittany, and Mind Control and studying all of the dark secrets of, of trauma-based mind control, and it freaked me out. And 
I'm sitting there watching Heroes, and there's that cheerleader getting beat to death and raped. Uh, now, this all is normal in today's television, but this was, like, astounding back when, when Heroes first came out. And my roommate sitting next to me, squirming in the chair, just freaking out as he watches this young girl get raped and beaten to death on, you know, primetime television. And I'm not affected at all. I'm all into the storyline. And it made me realize, you know, oh, my God, you know, think of how desensitized I am. And as I studied trauma-based mind control deeper and deeper, uh, I became very sensitized. And, I mean, I had a complete meltdown after the study of, um, like, Program to Kill by recently passed uh, David McGowan. Uh, that's a book that will scare the living daylights out of you, Program to Kill. You're going to see how the Satanists have control of the court systems, how they can pull off things like Anna Nicole's death and uh, how that all plays out. I mean, uh, now now I've, I've, I've managed to get myself back to a slightly desensitized state because, I, you know, it's very hard to be that open emotionally to this topic and to this stuff. And so now I'm watching it, and we consider it homework when we go watch the Hannah Montana movie on the big screen or we've already got our tickets to watch Disney's CIA Star Wars extravaganza. <laughs> So, you know, it's homework for us now, and I take it in, and I watch all the different CIA programming. Now, you know, that is also an open source. If people are like, oh, CIA is not right in television. I mean, J.J. <laughs> Abrams, who is producing Star Wars, along with Walt Disney Co., openly works with the CIA uh, on his show Alias, and Jennifer Garner, the the star of Alias, was doing um, uh, promotional campaigns for the CIA, uh, recruitment films and things, and they had an open liaison with, with the CIA. And you watch something like Argo with Ben Affleck, and you'll see as they're forming you know, uh, their new methods inside of the CIA, they call up the um, the special effects guy from Planet of the Apes to help them in this secret mission. Now, this is all a true story. Uh, Argo is a true story. They're making this fake science fiction film to uh, get the Iranian captives out of the embassy uh, back in the 80s. And uh, he calls up the the special effects agent, and, and this guy... Uh, is on the speed dial. He's on first name basis with the with the CIA. He's like, oh, hey, John, you know, what's up? Yeah, yeah, sure, you know, I'm in, whatever. And, you know, this is all a true story. So it, the idea of, of propaganda, of using Hollywood to, to guide and, and, you know, control humanity is all the way back to Donald Duck paying his taxes in the Walt Disney propaganda films. So you go all the way back and get, get yourself a copy of Disney on the front line. And they show you exactly how this is psychological warfare and propaganda. They're proud of it. I mean, when they opened the film, the Disney archives of uh, Disney on the front lines, they tell you how excited they are that the Nazi propagandist, Joseph Goebbels, adopted Walt Disney's techniques to program the Nazis and the Nazi youth. They started using the same method Disney was using in America, and it was not the other way around. 
Interesting. And no, you talked about the CIA, and then I brought to mind MI6. So did you guys see Spectre? I have not seen Spectre yet. I, I don't really want to pay the money to see James Bond in the theater. Yeah. But when you look to James Bond in 007, you're immediately back to magic again. The original 007 uh, of military intelligence was John D., the Queen's sorcerer, Queen Elizabeth. Now, if it weren't for John D., England would have never come to America. He was the sorcerer and scryer who was used by the Queen, using a black mirror, much like Nostradamus, to see into the future and to tell the Queen what to do. Now, he ended up disgraced and, and put out and homeless and all of this by the end of it. But it was John Dee, the wizard, the sorcerer, who uh, actually uh, got the queen to come to America and colonize. Uh, but, yeah, he's written, you know, who knows of John Dee. So he's the original 007. And when you look to the very first book of the Ian Fleming series, now, before we go to the first book of the 007 series, you've got to go back to Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, which was Ian Fleming's first film, the creator of James Bond. That's a weird and film. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Huh? Oh, that's a weird film. I saw that once. It's totally trauma-based mind control with robotic child or uh, you know toy humans turned into toys, uh, an evil queen captures the children with this evil you know, child capturer and stuff. And, uh, you know, that's where you get the name, like, truly scrumptious. What is that? And, you know, these eventually went to Octopussy and uh, all the different <laughs> names that Ian Fleming picked for the girls in his you know, storyline. But so Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, the original 007 film, or the original Ian Fleming, you need to watch this to understand the roots of the mind control that was already in place. Then you go to 007 and you get to the very first book and you find that this was actually the last movie, uh, Casino Royale, or, you know, not, and I guess it's not the last anymore, but it was at the time. Uh, Casino Royale was the first book, but uh, nearly last movie to be made. They, uh, the, the lead back bad character in that, the villain, is based off of Aleister Crowley. So now you're back to Crowley, you're back, and Crowley was MI6 as well, you know. So uh, the name, Spectre, this one shocked me uh, because I'm looking a lot into transhumanism and this intercommunication of the elite with interdimensional beings. And there is a Spectre that plays into this whole situation when you read uh, The Stargate Conspiracy, great book by Lynn Picknett. Uh The Stargate Conspiracy and also I had I had the actual author on the show. <laughs> I can't think of his name. Anyway, um, you find that the Astors and Gene Roddenberry and other elite family were meeting in this barn and channeling an entity uh, using the psychic Uri Geller. And Uri Geller finally broke out of the group. Now, a lot of the storyline actually played into things that came out in Star Trek because Gene Roddenberry would sit in on these channeling sessions. And even a couple of episodes were based on the information that came. But Uri Geller, he broke away from all of that, started running around with Michael Jackson, and they were off seeking robots to transfer their souls into. But when that didn't pan out, they started seeking clones. They met up with Rael and Clone Aid, 
and uh, attempted to get clones for themselves. Of course, CloneAid still, if you go to their website right now, you will find that they are very proud that they have the DNA of Michael Jackson and plan on bringing him back. Um, but so when Uri Geller broke away from the group, uh, from channeling this, what they called the nine was the entities that they were communicating with in the barn, the elite, um, he then started an open communication with the nine on his own and determined that they were actually an AI computer orbiting the planet uh, known as Spectre. Now, as you start to take this all to Bluebeam, now most people don't research Bluebeam beyond the idea of a false alien invasion. But if you go and look at Serge Manasse's actual works on Bluebeam, you'll find that the true purpose of Bluebeam was to channel entities into our souls using Wi-Fi and uh, fiber optic communication uh, tech to channel these entities into the soul. This is what Bluebeam actually is. Uh, the false flag alien invasion was simply one step in the Bluebeam program. So you need to go read further if you only know Bluebeam as this false alien invasion. So now when you look around on your computers, of course I have a Macintosh with its bit and apple, um, you know, going to some satanic symbolism there. But the new HP computers that just came out are known as Omen and Spectre. And uh, what's the other one? There's um, one of the seven deadly sins. I forgot now. Omen, Spectre, and uh, oh, I can't think. Uh, uh, I can't think of all of them myself. Yeah. Uh, no, I forgot. It's something like uh, jealousy. <laughs> I, I can't believe I spaced up. But anyway, so this Spectre thing keeps popping up in connection with the elites channeling with the uh, extra interdimensional beings and also playing into AI technology that is coordinating uh, life on planet Earth using technology such as, as computers. And so I thought it was interesting that the next 007 would be called Spectre. That is interesting. Really, I, I won't give any spoilers away for you because I don't want you know you guys see the movie. But you go. Ahead. But uh, one thing in it that was uh, really brought to my attention, and you're talking about um, the the, uh, the technology aspect. 007 gets smart blood uh, put in his bloodstream. These nano robots, and you know, it pretty much reminds me of uh, Morgellons, which come from the chemtrails. And uh, I I mean, you could track him wherever, they could track 007 wherever they wanted on Earth. And uh, I just thought, well, that's that's right in the transhumanist agenda right there, just that desensitization. Yep, it's all right there in front of us every every moment now. It has become the storyline, you know. It's become the plot of everything. It's no longer hinted at or we don't even have to hunt anymore for Illuminati symbolism. It's not even hard anymore, you know. Like we, we pretty much gave up on the the topic because, you know, we're letting <laughs> others carry and run with it. We open the door, and but it's become so blatant now. It's like not a job anymore. It's not even fun. Right. I know kids that do it, you know. Yeah. 12-year-olds, like, hey, that's Illuminati. <laughs> yeah, good for them, yes. It's good. I'm, I've I've been able to help. You know, I have kids, so I've been able to help them kind of along 
that little journey and you know because it's actually popular to call illuminati on things and i i'm glad i i just think that like you were saying earlier with the whole everybody's sort of laughing at the conspiracies and stuff it's been sort of that thing like oh yeah illuminati ha 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 but i was just trying to make it more real for these kids and i think they're getting it that's really awesome yeah, when Y2K was going down and everybody was talking about the computer meltdown, I was saying, man, that would be a blessing for humanity if that actually happened. It's never going to happen. Uh, but the thing you should be concerned about with Y2K is the Luciferian ritual that they're going to do across the globe, starting by capping the Great Pyramid with gold. Now, next thing you know, this, you know, so when people were like, oh, you know, I'm worried about this Y2K meltdown, I'm like, I'm worried about them capping the Great Pyramid with gold. <laughs> and I'm like, why? Why would that, you know, be of any concern? I'm like, well, that's the Novo Ordo Seclorum. That's the completion of the project when they ca- put the, the missing capstone on the... But, of course, now there was a very mysterious event that occurred prior to the Y2K ritual. And I have all of this in my first film on Corporate Logos, uh, sharing the very, you know, Bill Clinton given this Y2K Luciferian ritual across the globe. Um, they... Uh, they had to cancel the Great Pyramid capping, and it was mysterious because there was a, a, a Egyptian airliner, Egyptian liner 990, which left out of California and stopped at Patterson Air Force Base. Now, what was intriguing was no passenger liner had ever stopped there prior or since, and especially a foreign passenger liner you know, landing at this military base which is one of the high military bases for extraterrestrial recovery. Uh, if you look into Wright-Patterson, Patterson, you'll always find these that are places that are similar to Area 51. Um, that, that jetliner picked up 33 Egyptian military and one of the Jet Propulsion Laboratory scientists. Now, again, JPL, back to black magic. And they flew to uh, New York to then make their final trip to the Great Pyramid. But the airplane suddenly took a nosedive into the ocean off of New York and the pilot seemed to get control of it again and then it went straight into the ocean and everyone died. The pilot called out a Muslim prayer as his plane was remotely taken over, in my opinion, and caused a crash. And this was before we got to terrorism programming, so they called it pilot suicide. But it was right after these 33 Egyptian military and the Jet Propulsion Laboratory scientists died that they canceled the Great Pyramid capping. And you can still find that news article about them canceling the capping of the Great Pyramid with gold. Uh, But what was really intriguing was the USA Today headline on that date, which was December 18, 1999. And the USA headline, USA Today, said, Muslims stopped the Freemasons from capping the Great Pyramid with gold. Now, no one can get a copy of this December 18, 1999, USA Today, uh, because they don't reprint it, they don't share it, they, it's gone. But that yeah. was the headline. I read it for myself. Muslims stop the Freemasons from capping the Great Pyramid with gold, December 18, 1999. Look it up. Wow. Do you think that they still want to cap the Great Pyramid with gold? Is that a is that an agenda, do you think? Still? I think it's played into the whole ritual. You see, they did many, many different signs and symbols in that Y2K ritual. They burnt the river Thames to the speed of the sun. 
making it like the river Styx to hell and correlating it with their Helios uh, sun god. And um, they put up the London Eye, the big Ferris wheel, to match their phallus, which was Big Ben. And they also put up the Millennial Dome, if that wasn't, you know, because they always need the dome and the phallus, the male and the female energies put together. And London didn't actually have one. So they put their Millennial Dome up for that ritual. And you just find all the way across the globe, as each nation does their ritual, it's all Luciferian, straightforward. Right, right. I live in Honolulu, and uh, we have a section of town that my friend uh, brought to my attention. There's a ley line, and they have in that ley line the phallus. Um, they have a dome, the capital, um, the statues of the queen and then the king of Hawaii and the coast guard and the federal building all in one straight line. And it's real interesting because uh, they got it all right there. The history of the takeover of Hawaii, they got, you know, the take the people who took over the Capitol building, the federal government, and the phallic symbol, the phallic symbol and the female dome all in one straight line. It's pretty bizarre. It's, it's just right on, though. Absolutely. But, and when you yeah. look deeper into that, you find out that the obelisk dome and pentagram symbolism, such as you would find in Washington, D.C., or in any capital in any state, you will see they have the obelisk and the dome going hand in hand. The obelisk, the dome, and the pentagram is actually the Egyptian hieroglyph for Sirius. And so much of this goes back to the star Sirius, which uh, I have yet to really determine why but it's a critical importance to all of the brotherhoods from Egyptian to uh, uh, Mayan to, you know, Sirius plays a large role in this puzzle. That's why you see a lot of Sirius symbolism too. Uh, another way that you can look at, at symbolism and how uh, it can be used. See, now when I, when I first identified corporate logos as being Freemasonic, now every corporate logo can be identified inside of the Freemason ritual, the way they go around the altar, the things that are said, the uh, paraphernalia that they wear. All of these things are turned into corporate logos, and I've identified them all as aspects of Masonic ritual. And what this does is it allows the Brotherhood to see that symbol and go, oh, he's one of us, signs of allegiance. And it's also used for coding so that the brotherhoods know when something is important. So when we saw the piracy of the Sirius star, this immediately triggered my mind because of the Sirius symbol to watch it. And of course, what happened with the piracy of the Sirius star that was in the Gulf of Yemen, they, uh, every nation from the world came to, to deal with this piracy. It was the most bizarre thing. And the next thing you know, other scientists are announcing that there was a major magnetic anomaly off the coast of Yemen in the Gulf of Aden. And, uh, you know, there was, there was mysterious things going on. And the only reason I knew to watch was because the Illuminati, Freemason Brotherhood, had coded it for me to, to pay attention. 
Yeah, they leave their their little gestures all over the place. I mean, um, and I feel that you know everybody down to the cameramen in Hollywood and TV shows are part of of the some kind of symbolism. For example, I was I know it's a little off subject, but I, you mentioned Freemasons, and I was uh, watering my grass, my my old place I used to live in bushes, and I watched the neighbors come home, and he's he's a cameraman for the local television series, and she's the weather lady, and uh, I watched him come out of his car, and he has a polo shirt on with the Freemason uh, G compass and square on it. You know, he probably just came from a lodge meeting or whatever, and I'm thinking to myself, well, okay, he's probably has really no clue on what it's all about he but all of his co-workers joined and they want you to join and i think what it comes down to is taking the oath like it's they can show that um if someone can show they can take an oath that means they can hold a secret and so i i feel that even down to the the little workers in a in a news station like like cameraman they want him in there too just in case he has to do something to keep a secret so i see the sim symbology down to even that level too it's all over the place it's amazing so it's such a controlled medium this whole this whole paradigm of of media and mind manipulation it's incredible yeah, and it's all how much it, think about how much it's been popularized by disney and and things like national treasure you know they're they're making it like well, they they need new meat, that's for sure. They need new blood inside of the lodges, and so they're putting out things like uh, Sleepy Hollow and National Treasure and even Da Vinci Code and stuff to start to guide people to join the Brotherhood. A lot of uh, yeah. there's been you know, a big campaign for more uh, African American members. It's uh, yeah. But we, we, we've seen that there's quite a war going inside of Freemasonry as well. And got a number of shows from Masons talking about that. Yeah. You know, um, this came to mind. I, I was going to order the book. Uh, if you remember the show Sanford and Son, uh, Lamont Sanford, I forget his real <coughs> name, he has a book out now about how uh, it, it's all about the Illuminati and conspiracies and you know he was an insider so i feel like he has maybe a little something to say I, i'm gonna order the book and see what he's got to say he talks about you know being how it really was on the set of that show yeah anyway i forgot where yeah. i was going with that but yeah anyway it's something to maybe i'll look into too yeah it's a it's a huge uh every it's this huge medium controlled there everything on that thing is controlled and i tell listeners out there you know turn it off um i mean for thousands of years humans had that special time to dance and share stories family communal setting around a fire and and that's been replaced and usurped i think by this tell live vision and um I just feel that uh, everybody's under this Hollywood spell. So do you guys have any solutions to the matter that people should start uh, steps they should be taking to get out of this mind control? Well, you know, Weird Stuff, our book, uh, was designed as a tool for you to open your, your friend's mind. 
it wasn't designed as a book for you to read and just, you know, keep on yourself. It was designed to be set out and opened and, and, and viewed by everyone. And we made sure that there was imagery that would catch anyone's attention and topics that would relate to anyone. It starts right at the ground floor. Jamie did an amazing job of, of going straight to the beginning and, and laying it out from cave paintings up to modern mind control. Um, so there's a lot of stuff like that where you you want to start to awaken the people. You create art, music, and conversation that is not based in ego, that is not trying to beat information into somebody's head. You know, we see that so often when conspiracy theorists are trying to beat the truth into people. And what you learn along the way is that if you feed seeds, if you drop seeds in people's minds without, you know, bludgeoning them with the the truth, uh, that these seeds absolutely grow. And the people will then start coming to you and telling you things. And, you know, I found that 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 works out really the best. Changing our paradigm is is critical, and that's that's one of the hardest ones. Now, for me, I took off on a a long excursion, a nomadic trip, and I I found that miracles happen. I found that as I traveled around, miraculous synchronicities would occur and I'd be guided to where I needed to be. I mean, that's how I ended up on television. Or I would just, every time I felt like I was in danger, something would come along to to show me I was safe and to guide me to the next place I needed to be. And I put my life literally in God's hands. I had no money. I had no nothing. I just went. And yet, for years and years and years, I just kept going and I just kept going. And I'm like, wow, this is crazy. And, and my motto was I ain't dead yet because it just, it was, it was an irony of it because my life was actually more beautiful than anyone with millions of dollars could have achieved. Every day was fulfilled. So trying to convince people that they can bust out of the financial cage that we're in because there is no faith in the miraculous or in having synchronistic events come in and and guide you and and save you, uh, that you have to learn this on your own. You can tell people about synchronicities all day long, but until they experience it, they will never believe it. And until they believe it, they'll never experience it. So you pretty much have to take a leap and go out. So, I recommend baby steps towards this and just getting out of your house and doing something unusual, something that you're is out of your normal routine and forces you to communicate with other people. Um, you know, it could be as simple as, as taking that day and going and talking to each cashier at a register or whatever, you know what I mean? It's simple, simple steps, but it, uh, these baby steps alter your, your way of inhabiting planet earth and you start to find this way out. I seriously believe that if everybody could recognize that there is a a greater force, I'm reluctant to use the words like God, but uh, that are guiding our lives and and guiding us if we allow it, if we stay out of the way. And I feel like the Illuminati, the powers that be, have usurped this very God-synchronistic power by creating money 
and and therefore channeling the energies of, of life on planet Earth. Because what I learned was that there's far more in the universe than I could think of. And so things like going on television on Austin Access, I would have never thought of that. I would have, you know, if somebody asked me, what are you going to be when you grow up? I wouldn't have said a podcaster, you know. I didn't know this stuff existed, but it found me. And it was all by chance. It was all synchronistic. It was all amazing and beautiful. And I know that I'm blessed, and I know everyone else is too, and that we all just stand in our own way by believing we know exactly what's going to happen that day by knowing, you know, we all think out what's going to, oh, okay, I'll go to the bar tonight, I'm going to see these people, I'm going to drink these drinks, and I'm going to come home, you know. Um, so we already write our script in our heads over and over again. So you got to break that pattern. That's one of the key ingredients to breaking free of this. I totally agree with you 100%. I did the same thing when I was, you know, 1999, I decided to quit everything. I quit the system. I Me went too. on a miraculous journey. And um, it found me. I ended up being on a couch with uh, a household that had a revolving door. And the guy that was in there for one month was like 45, 50 years old. He was a uh, really high up in the USDA guy re- trying to run from his job. And he broke down the entire system to me, the entire way things work. And it was and it was mind-blowing. And I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today if I hadn't gone on that journey, met that guy, and been enlightened to a whole new world out there. It's about taking that journey, that step, and knowing that it will catch you. Even if it feels scary, I was scared out of my mind at times. I, rem- I, am, I would never ever regret doing that and quitting the system and quitting what people do on a daily regime uh doing the routine and just seeing it from the outside is to me the best that is the best solution there is out there i wish i could get more people to take that journey me too you know we went through a serious effort in 2012 to try and prove this to people and took that big loving school bus around the united states for an entire year now People should recognize that that's impossible. Uh, I, I challenge anyone to try it. Drive a, drive a school bus around the entire United States for an entire year without a job. Okay, we did this to prove the impossible, to prove that it, through synchronicity, through miraculous means, through friendship, that you could move tons, uh, 20 tons to be specific. <laughs> and uh, We did it. You know, we did it for an entire year, filmed the whole thing, put it all out on YouTube, you know, as we went. And we had the most amazing events and, and, you know, adventures. So there's a lot of fun that can be had with it now as we can now pro- project our, our lives out to the world. And so you can you can have a lot of fun with this. Yeah, yeah. That is, that is a, an amazing adventure. So did you guys um... – did you guys have a hard time finding? I mean, I think it would be hard to, because nobody lives that way, hardly. And it'd be hard to find parking for a bus that size. I mean, oh, where would you? Oh, God, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's ridiculous. We were run out every three, <laughs> every three days. Sorry, I got a bit of a cold. Um, if I if I did it again, I'd do it in a Prius. <laughs> because. <laughs> We found out that we never needed a school bus. We we were staying in, in fans or uh, listeners to the show's houses. 
And so every day there would just be a new email saying, hey, come to my house. Hey, come to my house. And so we would load that bus up and drive it. And, you know, you got two miles to the dollar in a school bus, folks. Uh, You know, it was like $350 just to move it somewhere. And, uh, but we did it and we kept doing it. We kept going for an entire year. Um, But so this idea of of friendship, we started the friendship agenda. We have friendshipagenda.com for all the people that want to meet up with other people. So if you want to go do this kind of trip, we've got already 5,000 people that are into it. And you can go stay on their couches, you know. Um, so we we built up the friendship agenda and this concept. And then we also, I, I'm always pushing crowdfunding to people because we have been given an epic power that we're not using. And that is that getting 100,000 people to give you a dollar, you know, it's nothing to those 100,000 and it's everything to the, the aspects of what we're doing. So, folks, if you're listening to this show, you know, if you were to send a dollar into the show, uh, you know, once a month, a dollar, and everyone listening did that, then you'd be making a living. I mean, you know, and it wouldn't hurt anyone. But it's really hard to get this concept into the Internet, into the World Wide Web, having people give a dollar for YouTube or, you know. uh, I mean, geez, if I got a dollar for YouTube, I'd be a multimillionaire. But... I don't need all that, right? I mean, 10%. I would be happy with 10% of people giving a dollar once a month or even once a year. But so we have this new power of crowdfunding, and I think that we need to, like, start to focus that a little more and use this because we've never been able to do things like this without the sort of corporate arm in the way. So that's another big one. Uh, Yeah. Look at how um, you can fund it's like tipping somebody or, or when you when you see a street performer, you give them some, some money in their hat or something to keep, help them keep going because uh, we, do, we do this for free. I, I'm doing this in my spare time, you know, and, and I'm not making anything off it. I'm not looking to, but it's nice to be able to continue the support and everything. And I do recommend, you know, everybody out there, check out freemantv.com. Um, get copies of Weird Stuff magazine, uh, plenty of videos and all sorts of stuff on there. You guys are going to speak at the Free Your Mind conference in the next year? That's right. April, Philadelphia, Free Your Mind 4. Should be an epic adventure. I'll tell you what, the conference at Free Your Mind, forget the conference. It's it's the gathering. I mean, seriously, the, the people that show up for this are are amazing. You're going to have an amazing time. The after parties are so much better and more important than than the lectures, so uh, it really is quite an event. And four years now running, so it, you know it's a good core group. It's it's a good time. Good, yeah. Uh, I'll have to make it out one of these years. I'm so far out here, but uh, yeah, I uh, would like to see that one day. That sounds like a great place to connect with like minds, and and it'd be be interesting to bring someone who's not awakened to any of this there and see what happens to them. I have, I've really been trying to convince them to do buy one, get one free tickets so that everybody could bring someone that didn't really want to go. So I'm working on that pretty hard. And what they've gone ahead and allowed me to do is I can let in anyone I want. So instead of the buy one, get one free, I get to just, you know, pick as many free people as I want. But that's, 
that's something I think is important is to bring someone and, uh, you know, so I think if you had a, if everybody had a buy one, get one free, then everybody could bring somebody that didn't really want to go or didn't want to pay, you know, I think it's a good idea. Yeah. Well, we're getting down to the last couple of minutes here on the show and I, I thank you guys for coming on. I really appreciate giving your time. And, uh, do you guys have any last words for the, the people out there listening? Quit your job, save the world. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, realize this, that, that when you come down to your deathbed and you're lying there immobile, all you're going to have left are your memories. And so get out there and make some. Life is to be lived. This is your one chance, no dress rehearsal, as it said. Uh, get out there and just just challenge yourself. And, and it, the simplest thing to do is just go meet someone and let them change your life. Awesome. Jamie, any last words? Jamie had to bail. We're both oh. a little ill. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I hope you guys get better. Uh, I, I've been really reliant on ginger and garlic to keep myself up, and it's helped me a lot because I'm around a lot of sick people. So I wish the best for you guys. And, um, again, appreciate you coming on the show. Much love and thanks, and uh, stay in touch. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having us. Appreciate it. Well, All right. you're welcome out in Hawaii anytime. So do you take your road trip out here? I don't know how that works, but yeah. All right, well, thanks a lot. Sounds awesome. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. That is Freeman, Freeman Fly, and Jamie Hanshaw, who are incredible researchers, as you, as you can tell, a wealth of knowledge. And I recommend that anybody listen to their show every Saturday night, free, uh, The Free Zone. Um, it's, uh, gosh, I don't have the time zone. They're, they're on the East Coast. So you're going to just go to freemantv.com, a wealth of things on there. And, you know, Freeman has, has helped wake me up a lot and furnish my wake up into a, 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 a better a better look and deeper look at all this. So again, turn off the television, live life, get off the media, get off your phone and actually live real life. Television is the major means, mainstream infiltration for the new satanic religion. That was Anton LaVey saying that way back and he's dead now. And you know, this is this is a completely controlled this is a completely controlled medium that we must get past and live real life and understand that real life is out in the real world, in nature, in synchronicity, not in this little box dimension that we've all been stuck and put into. So anyway, uh, until next episode, which probably be two weeks from now, much love and keep on chanting down. <laughs>